a reading from the book of Sirach. Wrath and anger are hateful things, yet the sinner hugs them tight. The vengeful will suffer the Lord's vengeance, for he remembers their sins in detail. Forgive your neighbor's injustice, then when you pray, your own sins will be forgiven. Could anyone nourish anger against another and expect healing from the Lord? Could anyone refuse mercy to another like himself? Can he seek pardon for his own sins? For if one who is but flesh cherishes wrath, who will forgive his sins? Remember your last days. Set enmity aside. Remember death and decay and cease from sin. Think of the commandments. Hate not your neighbor. Remember the Most High's covenant and overlook faults. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Forget not all his benefits. The Lord is kind and merciful, slow to anger and rich in compassion. He pardons all my iniquities, heals all your ills. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with kindness and compassion. The Lord is kind and merciful, slow to anger and rich in compassion. He will not always chide, nor does he keep his wrath forever. Not according to our own sins does he deal with us, nor does he requite us according to our crimes. The Lord is kind and merciful, slow to anger and rich in compassion. For, for as the heavens are high above the earth, so surpassing is his kindness towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he put our transgressions from us. The Lord is kind and merciful, slow to anger and rich in compassion. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. 
brothers and sisters. None of us lives for oneself, and no one dies for oneself. For if we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So then, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For this is why Christ died and came to life, that he might be Lord of both the living and the dead. The word of the Lord. According to Matthew, glory to you, O Lord. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. That is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold, along with his wife, his children, and all his property in payment of the debt. At that the servant fell down, did him homage, and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of that servant let him go and forgave the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, Pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, the servant begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had the fellow servant put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then in his anger, his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly Father do to you unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. So, you know, as I was going to prepare this homily, I turned on the computer, started to go to one of my, you know, biblical websites for looking things up, 
and on the side was an ad for a t-shirt. The t-shirt said, I'm going to let God fix this, because if I fix this, I'm going to jail. <laughs> so I figured God was sending me a message to work on for this homily. You know, we all seem to have this, this innate desire for justice. You know, rightly so, we're made in the image and likeness of God, who is all justice. But for us, it seems to go further than that. We, we love these, these revenge stories, don't we? I mean, think about the stories, the books, the movies, and things people like. Um, one most of you probably have heard of, really old story, The Count of Monte Cristo. Guy gets stuck in prison, and while he's there, he learns about a, a hidden treasure, so he escapes, digs up the treasure, and he goes around spending the rest of the book seeking out his revenge. And one of my favorite authors, Tom Clancy, has a book called Without Remorse. Now, I have to admit, it's, it's one of my favorite of his stories, but the story is literally about a guy whose girlfriend gets murdered by a bunch of drug dealers, and he spends the rest of the book tracking them down and killing them off. Now, I know it's, it's not the sort of thing a deacon should actually, you know, revel in, but it goes, to, it goes to my point. We like to see the good guys beat the snot out of the bad guys. I mean, think about this. We'd probably like the passion story better if it was more like the Marvel movies and Jesus came down off the cross and just zapped all the enemies with lightning bolts, right? But think about it. People in the gospel story asked, really asked Jesus to do that. But that is not his way. His way is merciful, slow to anger, rich in compassion. Our Lord calls us as his faithful children to lay aside vengeance and to be fonts of his mercy and forgiveness for those who have wronged us so that they may discover his mercy and his love. And let's not kid ourselves. He's really serious about this. The passage from Matthew's gospel that we just heard demonstrates exactly this point. The servant who had himself received a very large amount of forgiveness is ultimately doomed because he could not find it in his heart to forgive a smaller debt from one of his fellow servants. This reading absolutely mirrors the wisdom literature of the book of Sirach that we first read where he says, could anyone nourish anger against another? and expect healing from the Lord. By the way, if you're looking for a book of Scripture to get started in reading, can't go wrong with Sirach. Great book. Great book. But in Matthew's Gospel, a few chapters before the segment that we read today, Matthew depicts Jesus teaching the disciples the prayer that we have come to know as the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father. And there's a line in it where he states, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. The more modern translation has trespasses so that we don't, you know, mistakenly think it's only about money, okay? Remember, Matthew was a tax collector, so he's writing in words he's familiar with. Debts is something he knows a lot about. He uses debts as a metaphor for sins. So is forgiving the debts of others, forgiving the sins, the trespasses that others commit against us, 
Is living that way, is living that way of forgiveness difficult? You bet it is. But it has the power to make a change for good, a very great change. I'll tell you a story. I know some of you are familiar with this, but not everybody is. And it's nice to bring the stories of the lives of the saints to people who haven't heard them before. St. Maria Goretti. Okay, at the time of her death, she was only 12 years old. Now, she was, as they say, a, an early bloomer, quite beautiful, so much so that it attracted the attention of an older teen bordering on adulthood. His name was Alessandro Serenelli. He was filled with lust for her because she was so beautiful. He kept pestering her and pestering her, and she would rebuff him and rebuff him. Finally, in a rage, he attempted to rape her. And she pleaded with him, do not do this because it is a sin against God. But he became angry, he choked her, and he stabbed her multiple times. I forget the exact number, but it was a lot. It took her three days to die. On her deathbed, she forgave him. And she prayed that one day he would be in heaven with her. He was captured, he was sent to prison. He spent 30 years in prison. But while he was there, he had a dream that he tells everybody was a vision from Maria, speaking directly to him. And the feeling of forgiveness he got from that was so overpowering that it totally changed his life. And upon his release from prison, the first thing he did was seek out Maria's mother and beg her forgiveness. She said, if Maria can forgive you, how can I not forgive you? The two of them together attended Maria's canonization. That is powerful forgiveness. Maria was named a saint both for defending her chastity with her life, but also for the extraordinary forgiveness she gave to Alessandra Serenelli. Forgiveness so powerful, it saved his soul. Now, most of us, I dare say, are not going to change the whole world. But all of us have the opportunity to change the little part of the world in which we find ourselves by remembering to live the Lord's way of forgiveness, to live the way of the Lord's mercy. Now, as I look around this church, I, I don't see anybody that I think is going to go full Rambo on their enemies, so I think we're pretty safe there. But I'd like to remind you that the Catechism of the Catholic Church also equates gossiping and damaging the reputation of someone with the same level of evil as committing a murder. So if we seek out petty vengeance that way, it's not the way the Lord wants us to go. It means we must strive to let go and not hold a grudge. Because holding a grudge builds up anger and hatred inside us that just blocks the love flowing from God. And I know I've used this example before, but when we're driving along and we see some idiot road-raging driver, let it go, man. Don't fall to the temptation to get involved in it. Because you know how those stories go. Driver one does something and antagonizes driver two. Two back to one, one back to two. Until it ends in a tragedy. And it could all have been stopped by an act of forgiveness. 
Don't let me leave you thinking that you're not allowed to legitimately defend yourself if someone is physically attacking you, okay? You're not expected to give up your life. You're allowed to fight back. That's okay, all right? What you're not allowed to do is to hold the grudge and seek them out two years later. It also doesn't mean that you have to be a doormat for abuse. You're perfectly welcome to pull yourself out of an abusive situation. But as difficult as it is, we have to find room in our hearts to forgive those people, even after we've removed ourselves from their presence. And if we find any of this too difficult, let's ask God to help us with it. Because remember, he knows it's hard. But from the cross, he gave us an example when he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He left us his sacrifice of his body and blood, soul and divinity to help us, to help us share with each other in communion. And in communion, what we share is mutual forgiveness, mutual respect, mutual love. For with God's help, we can find the strength to let him fix it, to fix the wrongs done to us instead of us taking vengeance into our own hands. God love you.